It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also hear him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, it was a tough game last night. You hanging in there? You doing okay? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I I basically have been holding on to dear life with work, so I haven't had to think about it too much. But yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was not fun last night, that's for sure. I, I think last night was the most animated that you've ever been during a game on Twitter. Like, I, I think you were getting pretty upset on uh, on Twitter, right? I, you know, I, I think on Twitter I was probably most upset about, I mean, mostly about things that we're probably not going to talk about. Like, you know, the, I, I thought the, the ref situation was absolutely f***ing atrocious. I mean, uh, effing atrocious. I apologize. You're going to have to bleep that one out. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, but that's not the only thing I'm upset about with last night, let's be clear. I mean, there's lots to be upset about. But I, I, would de- I was definitely upset because I do feel like, Specifically, when they didn't call that uh, that uh, uh, what is it intentional grounding call? Like, how do you how does the league continue to call these sacks on these guys who are literally just tackling a guy and not call pen- these uh, you know intentional grounding pen- uh, penalties on quarterbacks who are you know basically further risking injury by dilly dallying in the middle and moving backwards and trying to waste more time and then throwing the ball to nowhere? It's it's. It's well, a complete imbalance was, of, of of how things should work, frankly. There was also – I'm fine with letting them play. So there was a play early on – or actually it, was, it wasn't early on. It was in the third quarter where J.J. Uh, Watt hit Dak yeah, in the chest. Exactly. And I thought it was late. Now, if you want to – if you're going to make it one of these games where you don't want to call everything, I, that's fine. Uh, but, but later but on, I think sides. it was the next drive – Right, but on the next drive, Connor Williams had a oh my god, a really ticky tack holding call uh, that took the Cowboys. I think they had the ball; they would have had the ball at like the forty-five yard line. Yeah, instead of backed him up to like the, the thirteen, 17. the thirteen. I yeah, think it was. Like, yeah, I remember someone tweeted exactly that. About <laughs> they, that that's a rough one. If, if you're going to call those ones, it's gonna, it's going to be awfully hard to have any success running against uh, running the ball against that team if you're going to be that. Uh, ticky tack on some of those. Well, I mean, and there was, a, I mean, listen, I don't want to go off on the whole, on the ref because there's lots to go around and we should talk about our team, which is obviously played terribly as well. So that's part of it. But I, I will say it wasn't even just those, like almost everything seemed to be going against Dallas. And then, you know, the, the most ticky, t- it's, they were calling all the ticky tacky stuff on us. And then they were letting Houston get away with everything. And that combination was just, it seemed very, suspicious and I again right this they didn't lose the game necessarily because of that um, they played poorly and we'll get into that but uh, I mean 
as somebody who already has issues with what is fair and what is competitive in the NFL, this it, it, every week when we watch stuff like this, it makes it more and more difficult for me to buy into the product because of this. You know, it just seems they don't have a grip at all on what they're what the penalties that they're creating or that, that are being called. And there's, there doesn't seem to be any kind of hom, uh, hom, homogenous flow uh, between ref crews. It, it seems to vary wildly depending on which crew you've got. All right. So we've got a lot of things we want to dive into, but I think we have to start with the most controversial play of the game. And we can kind of work backwards from this, but uh, the play that everybody's been talking about since last night, uh, the Cowboys in overtime, had a fourth and one, some of you might call it one and a half, uh, from the Texans' 42-yard line. And instead of going for it on that fourth down, they decided to punt. Uh, and the plan was to punt, try to pin the Texans back, and then get the ball back, only having to score a field goal. Uh, that did not work out as the Texans drove down the field, got the field goal, and won the game. So what was your initial reaction when you saw Jason Garrett put the punt team on the field? Where did you agree with the call? Did you disagree with it? What, what, what were you thinking? I, I'm, I'm mad about the call, but I didn't disagree with the call. The, 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 my issue with the call is that like, (laughs) I lean more towards the, He made the right call by not running because we were running the ball terribly. But the fact that we are having to avoid running a fourth and one on that side of the 50-yard line that late of the game when we have spent all this money as an offensive line, when we have Ezekiel Elliott and all that stuff, that is where I think it's egregious. Like That to me is where I think the the error is. the, The larger commentary on what that represents that we can't trust our our offensive line and our offense to get that extra yard uh, I, I mean i kind of agree with the fact that we couldn't trust them to get that extra yard because of the way things have been going all game um and i don't but you no. still have to take that chance man you can't punt in that situation I, no, no no i mean listen i like I, I understand i understand the thought process of of calling that i just think that it's it's terrible that 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 we have that little confidence and that that our offensive line has sunk to that low of of point of confidence in our coaching staff's mind that you that they didn't feel like they could trust their offensive line to do that like that that in itself is pathetic especially since because it's supposed to be the most you know dominant part of this team uh, and, and I get what you're saying. I, I totally do. So, like, if you didn't want to run a dive with Ezekiel Elliott, I, I get that. So, what it's are we doing here? Little... You know, that's that's I guess my point is if if you can't trust Ezekiel Elliott to right. to win the game on fourth and one and a half uh, on the right side on the, their side of the fifty, like, what are we doing here? Like, well, you I'm know... saying, I'm saying, I I completely agree with what you're saying there. They didn't have the faith in their their team or their running back. And you listen, I, I will say this. Zeke did not look healthy last night, and I think that's part of it. By sure, the second sure. half of that game, he did not look like the same player. However, there's other play calls out there that you could have used. If if the Cowboys would have ran a jet sweep to Tavon Austin, I am 100% convinced he could have got that yard and a half because they were planning for the quarterback sneak or Ezekiel Elliott to get the ball. I just don't see any way Tavon doesn't get that play. Uh, this was a situation... Um, well, I mean, really come on. Make, I mean, it, do, it, does, it doesn't even make sense to me that 
You go for it in the same exact situation in the first half from the 41-yard line on fourth and one. But when the game is on the line, you don't go for it? That That's awfully confusing to me. I think the offense was having a different level of success at that point, too. I mean, that's that's really... I mean, the, the offense clearly... You know, wasn't able to do anything at this point in the game. At, you know, trying to like the, the fact that they had gotten this far, and and maybe you know that if anything that makes an argu- makes your argument is that you know they they weren't able to do anything. So here they are in a spot where they actually could do something. They should take the chance here because they have right, you know. But, but you know, look, looking at the situation, I, I mean, I could totally. I'm not gonna. I don't think it's as cut and dry as everyone, including yourself, is making it out to be. I think it's. I think if you look at the situation, you know, strategically as where we were in the flow of the game, what was going on with the, with the team, and and your level of you know, uh, what's the word? I'm looking confidence, I guess, in what what's what could sure. happen. I, I could see why they wouldn't believe they could run for fourth and one, fourth and. One and a half. They just ran it for third one, and they got lost yards. If I'm not mistaken, right? Like they had just lost a half a yard on a, on a third and one play. Yeah, probably. So I, they didn't so, gain anything. So you know, I, I and and listen, I, I understand what you're saying. You know, like a handoff to Tavon very easily could have worked, and they wouldn't have. Bought. At the same time, you can't say that it definitely would have worked. You know, like no one can say that. No, for sure. and, and I, I, I here's my thing. I, I think these there's a few plays every season that can change the outcome of how everything goes. If you go for it there and you get it, I think the confidence of the team is all of a sudden totally changed. I, think I agree. You're going to start seeing this team. I agree. Now, if you don't get if you don't get it, I still don't think that hurts your confidence all that much because at least you have a coach that you know is going to be aggressive. We saw this last week with Frank Wright with the Colts. <laughs> They didn't get it, but their entire team agreed with the decision. They, they wanted to be aggressive there, and funny enough, the Texans won the game, you know, because of the Colts going for it. But I think there's mm-hmm. there's certain times where you want to give yourself and your your team a chance, and I don't think their coaching staff did it, did it in this one. I, I I don't I don't disagree, but at the same time, the coaching staff was reacting to the way the players played. Like you know, if if Zach Martin, if that. Zach Martin wants to you know. Like you know, do that fourth and one. Then maybe don't get beat on inside on on a, on a line slant. You know what I'm saying? Like, and again, it's the guys. Again, this week it was the guys that you trusted not playing well. And so, at, at what point do you start have to having to believe that? Hey, I have to coach the team that I've got, not the team that I think I got. You know? And so, and listen, I hated. I I don't like the call. I, I'm not. I'm not trying. I don't want to be the guy defending the fourth and one call because I. I, I just. Say, I'm just saying that to me, the thing that makes it more egregious is not so much the co- in-game coaching strategic call, based on you know. Hey, the other thing that we have to remember too is that I, I think you know they thought that they had a hurt quarterback they were playing. If they could pin him back in the in, in in the you know inside the ten, he's got from everything we had heard, he'd broken his ribs. So you know, make him have to throw the ball a whole bunch of times and then kill some more clock. Hopefully, get the ball back. I I I see that thought process. Like all of that, you know, isn't you know so. Hey, obviously you do this to me at least, okay? But I, I over I vehemently agree agree that the idea it's cowardly. 
not to go, not to go for it on fourth and one with with what you've got. Like in that the larger commentary, the larger symbolism of them not going for that, like that is that is extremely upsetting or depressing or however you want to say it as a Cowboys fan because you, I mean, this is your the thing that's supposed to make you great, and you can't even rely on it to get a a, a one and a half yard first down. Let's take a break. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They have been in the business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that have is, that has been good to me in the past, and that's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. It's that simple. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie, and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim your bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Landon, I want to spend the next couple of minutes talking about the offense in general. Uh, it was another game in which the, the offense kind of struggled to, to put points on the board. I won't even say they struggled to move the ball because in the first half, they had long drives. I think they had a nine-play drive, uh, a five-play drive that ended a field goal. They were moving the ball, still struggling to get points up on the board. Uh, what's the biggest concern with the Cowboys offense right now outside of their offensive line? Cause we've kind of already discussed that. Well, I mean the fact, I, I mean the fact that the offensive line is the concern, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I, I, the problem is, is that this, uh, this team is not constructed to be led by anything other than its offensive line and its running game. You know, like, and so the fact that that's not working the way it should or at the rate that it should is, you know, pretty doomsday scenario for the rest of the offense. You know, this, I mean, the point of them, of them, you know, kind of moving to this type of, of offense that's not reliant on a particular type of, you know, pass catcher or whatever is that they could be able to rely on on their offensive line and their running back to create plays and then thereby create offensive uh, passing plays that are actual constraints to that or that help you know open up the run game more so if your main weapon is not working very much at all even to the point where you can't trust it to win the game for you then you know i mean they have no identity at this point I, I'm just worried about everything on offense. Everything looks so clunky. They come out so slow to start quarters. Uh, this is, I believe they have nine total points in the first half of road games this year. I mean, it, it's 
nothing is working like they intended or they told us. Um, you know, they clearly lack a go-to weapon in the passing game. Uh, Cole Beasley teams have a, a beat on what Cole Beasley wants to do from the slot. Uh, the outside receivers can't run by anybody. It just looks like everything is so hard for this Cowboys offense. And next week they play Jacksonville. And I, I don't see them moving the ball very well against Jacksonville. So it's is it going to be this long of a season? Every, I mean, are they going to struggle this bad every week? I, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I feel this is the first time in a long time. Like I, I, there's, I don't feel like there's many answers out there for the Cowboys. Like there's nothing they can really do or – there's nobody they can sign. There's no you know roster move that they can make that's going to drastically improve their offense. This is kind of just what they are, which is like the 25th, 26th best offense in the league. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely agree that there isn't anything that they can specifically do to like you know improve immediately outside of you know a um, trade of some sort but i mean like, even then like I, I i just i don't i don't think that the answers are going to come from the outside i mean uh, they have to find a way to get better i mean just you know i that's the other thing about this is that it, you know a large portion of this again is is an execution problem you know i mean uh things definitely fell apart all around at all parts of the of this game but there was definitely a point when they they were running the ball okay uh and Dak was operating in the pocket and throwing the ball but there was wide receivers dropping the ball or there was you know like miscommunications going on and you know so it's it's not even just that there's uh, a talent issue it's the the problem is is that the talent issue is supposed to be mitigated by execution and and there's an execution issue you know, there's the, oh, the yeah, these guys sure. aren't execute like they're supposed to be executing with precision, and that was the whole point of kind of moving away from a Des Bryant type was to get more guys out here who, you know, were reliable and you know play the position more clean. I guess is the best way to put it, and that has not really been the case. There hasn't been a uh, high you know efficiency target that has stepped forward the way that uh, they had hoped. So uh, and and again, uh, Dak feeds into that at, at times too because there, uh, as the game went on and as things got tougher, he he struggled at times. But I, I think that you know it's it's all around. I mean, I think the execution is of you know it's all eleven guys on offense that are I think are struggling to to kind of congeal together. I was watching the, the game today, and I think. On Sunday was Dak's worst mechanic game that I've seen from him. Between jumping when he was throwing, uh, throwing balls kind of sidearm at times. Uh, are you concerned that maybe Dak isn't the quarterback of the future that the Cowboys were hoping for? I mean, throwing sidearm like that's actually a development. I I don't think that's a that's a bad thing. I mean, like sidearm like other people not, would they'd call that. Oh, he's throwing from different platforms. But no, I mean, I, I think that but, I, not I, when he doesn't have to. Though there's times where he was doing it just because it looked like it was a bad habit rather than out of necessity. I don't think he does it enough for it to be a habit. But okay, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't. Okay. I see what you're saying, but I, I, I think I you know I I think that Dak is. You know, it's it's the eye of the beholder situation. I, I think Dak can be a you know a good starting NFL quarterback. I don't think he's where everyone wants him to be right now. So the question sure, yeah. so the question then becomes, 
you know, can he get there? When is he going to get there? How long will it take? Because I do think he has all the things that it's required to get there. I mean, I think he's developed. I just think that there's a lot of this has been him being put into a situation very quickly with expectations very high on him. And uh, clearly he wasn't where they needed to be. Um, so, uh, you know, do you scrap that and try a new thing and, you know, go get another quarterback next year? You know, I th- these are all questions that are going to happen, uh, you know, after the season. But there really isn't a point in making that indication now because, first of all, we'll get a ton more information between now and then. And second of all, like, sure. uh, you know, the person, you know, if the- we don't know what's going to happen with the coaching staff, you know, what-, what happens if they lose their offensive coordinator, their head coach, and both, you know, like that, that, that obviously will affect. How you know you get a new head coach in here, you get a new offensive coordinator here. They they may feel completely different about Dak or about quarterbacks in general. So, right. So that that's as we have five weeks of data from this year. If you're going out and looking for head coaches, do you are you looking for one that wants to work with Dak, or are you looking for just the best guy out there who may say, "Hey, I want somebody different than Dak," because that's a real conversation the Cowboys are going to have to have this off season. If they move on from their head coach or their offensive coordinator, well, I think the first thing that you look for is who's available. I mean, that's that's really more than anything that I think people forget. You know, is that you're kind of stuck with where the coaching carousel is. You know, so I, I think that you know everyone could throw out whatever name they want as the next head, co- the Dallas Cowboys head coach. You know, but I think the idea more is about you have a list of of people that are available to that were interested or available to, to become your head coach how do they fit into the personnel you have overall not just the quarterback but you know i, I think these are all decisions that 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 have to be made and 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 let me be clear they may make another decision they may make a decision that you know hey whoever the next head coach is going to be uh, they have to take Dak, or who we don't want Dak. You know, they they. I I think those are also potential options as well. I just think that it's impossible to know at this point, and you know, I I don't right right. I, I think that I think it's just it's it's, I, I, you know, I, I think I think we there's there's information we still don't know yet. He may play better, he may play worse, uh, but I also think there's you know things that are outside of even. Outside of his control, outside of you know what he's doing, that are unknowns that are make this call very difficult. All right, let's take one more break so I can tell you guys about Vivid Seats. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. 
Download the app and enter promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. All right, Landon, we have about five minutes left, so I want to talk about the defense. Depending on who you ask, they can say this was a great performance by the defense or a very average one. Uh, if you look at just the scoring and the turnovers, the Cowboys allowed just 19 points and almost five quarters of play. They had two turnovers, including their first interception. Uh, but they also gave up 462 yards. The Texans uh, missed a field goal. They had a, a trip inside the red zone, which they decided to go for on fourth down rather than kick a field goal. Um, it just what did you think of the Cowboys defense on Sunday? I mean, again, I, I kind of I, I get what makes the defensive performance disheartening to me is what made the off, the offensive for, uh, performance disheartening to me, and that's that the the best unit didn't play well. The defensive line played poorly, you know, and I I think that it, when you can't get any pressure, that it's going to make your back end not look great and especially when you've got a guy like Hopkins and and uh you know uh, Kiki Cutie and 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 Will Fuller like you know when those guys are healthy those are three of the most explosive players in the NFL all on the field all at once and so um it made covering those guys extremely difficult there was really no excuse in my opinion for how little um I mean, outside of the fact that, you know, they weren't getting any calls and, you know, I, I literally saw two different people at one on one play hold Demarcus Lawrence one time. But, uh, you know, I, I, outside of that, like they were getting no pressure, like he was able to st stand in there. And then when they were able to apply pressure, uh, you know, early in the game, they weren't containing him. So he was able to get out and, and do things. So. Um, that to me, that was really the story because it was just, it was just disappointing to see how much time he had. We talked all week about how poor this offensive line was and the, the people that were starting for them, they seemed to be just fine and, you know, didn't have any issue with, uh, with stopping whatever the Cowboys threw at them. Yeah, it was, uh, listen, I'm glad that they only gave up 19 points, but I think, I think we need to start considering that this pass rush may be a little bit overrated because Taco and Randy Gregory have given you really nothing in the last four games, right? I mean, has has Randy Gregory really contributed at all in, in the pass rushing game? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's actually gotten some good pass rushes and, and provided some pressure at time, but it's been way under, I think, what we had hoped for. And, and again in combination with what we require and what, what it needs for the back end, uh, it has certainly not been enough. And, and especially when you add in the disappointment of, you know, with taco has kind of showed us as well. It's just, it's been, it's been pretty just generally disappointing for that whole group. Now, one thing that hasn't been disappointing, and we just have a couple minutes left, the linebackers, Jalen Smith, Leighton Van Der Esch, I think both of them played their best game of the season. Uh, Van Der Esch finished the game with 14 tackles. Jeez. Jalen Smith had 12. Uh, yeah, between those two, 26 tackles between those guys. Uh, Jalen Smith had three tackles for a loss, including a sack, uh, two quarterback hits. Um, just your overall thoughts on the Cowboys linebackers from week five. I mean, I yeah, I thought they played great. You know, I think they it certainly wasn't because of the linebacker play that we had issues, you know. Um, I think they did their jobs as, as well they could. I mean, they 
they weren't really trying to attack the, our linebackers too much. I mean, they basically were trying to get the ball down the field and, and were able to do it with uh, explosive plays and, and uh, with buying time in the pocket, and it was effective. And, yeah, I, I, linebackers were making plays because wide receivers were catching the ball and they were <laughs> the only people close to them making tackles, and then they were making all the running play tackles too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, great game by those guys. But, uh, yeah, it's not – the rest of the units were not ideal. Right. All right. That's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we will be back tomorrow after watching the L22. Maybe. I don't know. I, I might not watch the L22 because I'm so frustrated. All it's going to do is make me so mad. I think this is the maddest I've ever been on a Monday after a game in a long, long time. But anyways, make sure you guys download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Lane and at McCoolBCB. Remember, you can listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Make sure you guys do that. Lane and John do an outstanding job. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.